I don't know if we've been on a call together before. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, hello. Oh, God. All right. I was not expecting a podcast tonight. Sorry. Who was said, I? Trisha said that the, she missed the UPS guy with the modem and the uh, cable, so she couldn't do it, and Scott never showed up. So. Oh, Scott. Scott, 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 Scott. Kat, what are you doing? What am I doing? What does it sound like I'm doing? Rubbing your microphone? <laughs> I'm drinking out of my, my soda. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> now you're choking on your soda. That's good. Good job. Okay. Please remember to breathe. We killed Chad. I guess the podcast is complete. We can go home now. Three days before everything, David. Yeah, well, that's why I put you in. What are you doing? <laughs> it's a terrible sound. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. All right. I have to stop. Fick, hello. Cool. Oh, hello, Fick. Yeah, and I read this about... Oh. One second to okay. go. Don't look, Shim. Don't look. <laughs> this is bad. Change things. There we go. Okay. I guess mom, mom took Bonnie to the vet this morning. And she wasn't using her leg like she's supposed to. Now you have to know, we're not supposed to let her out of the house without a leash on. Right. Yeah, well, we don't follow that rule very well. So she took off the other day and went down in the alpaca field, which is where she hurt her leg in the first place. So she's, mom yelled at her and just lit into her. So she won't do that again because she's very sensitive and she doesn't like getting in trouble. So they took her, mom took her into the vet today. She's not putting any weight on that foot. The vet had a fit. Did she do anything to hurt it? Oh, no. She hasn't been up the stairs into Sue's apartment and down the stairs. Oh, nope, nope. She hasn't done that. Nope. She didn't get away into the alpaca field and hurt it. Nope, nope, nope. We have no idea what she could have done. She's just this little angel. And he's like, whoa, there's something wrong. We need to take x-rays. We need to do this. We need to do that. Oh, no, this is terrible. And he's pacing and fretting, and Bonnie's not putting any weight on her leg. And so they take x-rays, and they do all this stuff. And he's like, well, it looks fine. There's a little inflammation, but it's not bad. Okay, you need to give her Rimadyl twice a day for three days. She's not allowed to walk again until Wednesday. And there's something else. But, and no stairs for sure, and you've got to make sure she stay, you know. So now we have to be really careful with him he's having a fit. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll get in trouble. I know. We'll have to yeah. We've been not following directions. Oh, oh I have a story yeah. about my cat that happened recently, if you want to hear it. Sure. We like cat stories. Well, I'm moving um, up to my uni soon so Mm -hmm. that's in 11 days and that's like 12 hours away but I'm taking my like kitten with me so it's a long journey and we're going to have her in the car so we're getting her used to being on this harness thing Mm -hmm. so that like we can take her out of the car and she can do her business that sort of stuff so I've been like every day I have to like put her in this cat harness and on a leash and like make her move so she gets used to it and like as soon as I put on the leash she sort of just flops on the ground. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> and then you have she's just like, cat. no. 
Well, she's been getting a bit better, and I thought, well, I'm going to take her outside and just walk her along the street so, you know, she can hear the cars go, which is probably how it's going to be when we go up to my uni. Um, so I have this cat on a leash, and I'm, I'm walking down the road, and I'm realizing I'm now the crazy cat lady off my street. It happened sooner than I thought. Um, <laughs> and this car goes past, and, like, ours is normally a quiet treat, and it street and it freaks her out so she like yanks on her leash and runs up a tree so now there's this little orange kitten cat stuck in a tree with like a leash and I'm really worried that she's gonna like hang herself on a branch or something with the leash so I'm just like calling to her and um my parents are at work during the day so I can't get them to come help me get the cat down and I'm just hoping that someone will come along and help me um, eventually this man walked past and I was like, and it was just like, hello. I heard him from behind me. I'm like, good. He can, he can watch and I'll try and climb up the tree and get her. Anyway, I turned around and he had a dog with him. So that just freaked out the kid more. So she's just like at the top of the branches, yowling. And now her leaves all twisted up. It was a disaster. <laughs> eventually I got it down, but she's not okay. very happy with me. I was waiting for that end of the story. I was like, and you got her down, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, the cat's still alive. This isn't that dark. Aww. Yeah. Uh, well, she's how's not going to the vet on Saturday? Yes. Just for regular stuff or is something wrong with her? Yeah. No, nothing's wrong with Panther. Um, she's ornery as ever, but, uh, so it's my birthday on Thursday. So what happens is since I have to go to the doctor 20,000 times, Panther at least has to go once. That makes sense. Just because then I get everything out of the way for the year. Okay. Uh, kind of makes my month suck, but, you know, mm-hmm. what can you do? The, uh, one of my friends that lives in Portland posted this picture, and it's a robot. You know, one of those six-inch, eight-inch robots, I don't know what kind it is, sitting on the curb, just randomly on the street. And she wrote, Portland, so random. And somebody said, there it is. I've been looking for that for days. Damn, robot has a mind of his own. And somebody else said, just like any movement in global history, the inevitable robot takeover of humanity has to start small. (laughs) One random little toy robot on the corner. I love it. Um, people in Portland are strange. Yes. And there's this adorable lab at the local Humane Society. I have to stop looking. So, Vic, yes. You don't need another book. There's a pet. You don't need another book. You don't need another pet. I know. It's like no, I have a seizure or something. <laughs> there we go. Hello, Panther. Do you want a podcast with me? Jenny, what's your kitten's name? Uh, her name's Lady. Lady. And can yeah, you... and then I have an older cat called Prince, and then I used to have an older one called Caesar, so it's like a dynasty. I see that. <laughs> Very nice. And can you pronounce Charlie's uh, forum name for me? I have no idea how she, it's just like this jumble of letters. She uses it for her other online handles too. It's like Nyakasumo. I, I don't know how she says it. Okay. I figured you were the closest I was going to Yeah, I've asked her about it before and she's like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just 
letters. And it's just random. It's like um, Andy's, which is um, it. It comes out to can Re- Remus and Sirius come out to play or something like that. Come out hmm. to play today. C J B. I don't remember anyhow. But it, it's. I just wondered what it was. No problem. Well, I think if we don't have anything else exciting, we should start because. I have to be up early. Okay. Yeah, Sue. They're fun. You're funny. You're funny with your, I have to get up early. I know. You have to be up earlier than me. But I have to deal with 18 kids tomorrow. No, no. <laughs> um, wait, let me count. 18 and 15. 30 some odd kids tomorrow. I have to, um, I'm going to, uh, so youth committee meeting tomorrow is the big thing on the docket. We are discussing whether the pros and cons of moving a class from eighth grade to ninth grade. And you would not believe how controversial this move is. Wow. That's scary. Mm. No, I just have the three-year-olds tomorrow. And last week, everybody was sick. I had nine kids on Thursday. I didn't go to work. They had nine kids on Thursday. We had all 18 today. Did you have, were you sick on Thursday? I went home from work on Wednesday with the temperature. I was not allowed to go back to work on Thursday. Dang. I did not hear this. Yep. Uh, someone's unplugged from the world. I'm sorry. No, it's me. I, I was saying I'm unplugged from the world. <laughs> I know. I Someone does sorry. too much. Yeah. That's what happens when you go out and get a real job. It's not the real job that's killing me. It's the real job plus, you know, volunteering for youth group plus editing Potterfic Weekly plus being a full-time host of Poofa Exchange plus. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Eventually, I'm just like, and I, I was discussing this with Death the other day. It's like, yeah, you make me look really lazy. I'm just like, I don't mean to. <laughs> I just like being busy. <laughs> Yeah. It all adds up. Yeah. It does. It does. So, well, let's just do it. Let's I'm excited it. about this one. I love this story. I think it's such a neat little story. I yeah. think it's a clever it, it, interpretation. Yeah, it's nice. And it has <laughs> Mike, the venomous tentacula, although he's not called Mike in this story, but still. No, he's toothy. Toothless. <laughs> yeah. So, for Thursday... November 28th, this is episode 177 of Potterfake Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. And happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Previously on Potterfake Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome. My resolutions for this Potterfic weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic whatever. <laughs> oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Yeah. Okay, what did I miss? My Am I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my outfits. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. <laughs> Shit. I snort. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. (laughs) I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants. Not trousers. Otterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. (laughs) 
that I was planning on getting ramps anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkaxe? Two of my favorite subjects. I love Snake. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we we'll always laugh before the end. I wonder if it will where the story never ends. Well, welcome to Potterfic Weekly. I am Sue. I'm Kat. And I'm Jenny. And today we are working, we are going to do a story that is called A Most Interesting Career. It's about Neville. And it is written by Step Fix. It's a real short um, five-chapter story just kind of about Neville's life and job after the final battle. So... By chapter, it's really more like five section. Yeah, it's short. It's only just under 4,000 words. It starts with how it all began, and we find out that he has been working sort of as he's been helping with the oars and rebuilding and just doing whatever he needs to do. And he has been given a contract to officially join the oars. All he has to do is sign it, and he can't do it. He's sat down six times to do it and he has the quill in his hand and it's posed above the line and he just cannot bring himself to sign it and he doesn't quite yeah. know what to do mm, yeah so he does what he always does he goes out into the garden because that's yeah. his sanctuary and that's where he's healed from so much of what happened and so he kind of starts working and he realizes that all he's doing is tearing up the ground. He's just digging aggressively, which, I mean, as a gardener, it's a great way to get out your anger and angst and stuff like that. So I can really see it is <laughs> why this yeah. is such a sanctuary for him. But at the same time, he doesn't know what his problem is, and he's taking it out onto the ground, and he kind of feels bad about it because he had this beautiful little plot, and now he's just kind of destroyed <laughs> And I think it's I think it's Pull interesting it, that he's yeah. kind of so torn up, pun intended, whatever, mm-hmm. um, about how <laughs> to make this decision because with you know being or versus what he really wants to do and what's in his heart, we kind of learn in the fir- this first chapter is to teach. But I mean, think about going back to basically your last year with hell at this place. Mm-hmm. And, like, having a desire to go back there would probably be very conflicting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's so much his desire to teach at first, but his desire just to be around plants and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They they are his sanctuary. They are what he needs to just be himself is the plants. And so what we find is while he's out here <clears throat> digging, an owl comes and drops off a letter, and it's from Pomona, and basically she's thanking him for some herbs and plants that he has sent because she can't, she's not able to grow everything, and there's a, so she said, you know, the payment's going to be in your bank account because I know that you won't take payment unless I kind of do this in-run against you, so we're just going (laughs) to take it out and and pay you without it ever going into your hands. We're sticking it straight into the bank account. Yeah. I heard from McGonagall that you've been asked to officially join the the Aurors with Potter and Weasley, and we're so proud, but I know that 
I'm not looking forward to the time when you will stop coming to the greenhouses because you're such a good help. And I know I'm selfish, and I know that becoming an order for our community is a good thing because then our community will be in safer hands. But you're always welcome. And yeah, he smiles. It's just a really nice letter. Oh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, I I actually kind of like this uh, version of Professor Sprout. Mm-hmm. Just because it seems a lot more Hufflepuffish almost mm-hmm. than um, like in the movies, the actress is excellent the way that they portray, the, they portray her, but it's almost like she's a little too much like, I'm just going to be bubbly and that's what a Hufflepuff is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas for those of us who take it seriously, it's different. It's, there's more to it than just hugs. And I mean, you know me, I'm the touter of, you know, life in Hufflepuff is not hugs and skipping through the daisies and all that nonsense. Right. Um, and, so I like that she's more even, like, very reasonable with her logic, in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She also seems kind of sneaky. <laughs> she is a little she's like, uh-huh. Yeah. There's always a little bit of Slytherin in every Hufflepuff, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I have very dry skin on my legs right now, and I was in, sitting in the classroom, and I looked down, and... My pants had hiked up just a little bit, and you can see there's just this little line of right, like around my ankle, and it's just all scales. And I, I laughed and I said, "Wow, I think I'm turning into a snake, or I'm getting really scaly." And the teacher next to me said, "That's your Slytherin coming out." <laughs> it's true. Every Hufflepuff has a little bit of a Slytherin in them. Yeah, they do. <laughs> all right, I'll believe you. <laughs> Oh, come on. You snakes have a little Hufflepuff in you, too. We know it. It's true. Totally. I mean, I mean, that awkward side hug from Voldemort totally proves that point. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The worst hug ever. (laughs) Yeah. And and why did we just find out? Umbridge is a Slytherin, but she's got all those Hufflepuff tendencies. She's loyal to a fault. And, yeah, see? I actually, yeah, I, I, I have to say I disagree with this. I hate the fact that she came out and said Umbridge is a Slytherin. Uh, Mostly because, yeah. like, from, from a, from a writer's standpoint, like, putting all the evil people except for one person into Slytherin is, like, grossly unfair and kind of yeah. skewed because evil people come from all sorts of personalities. It's not mm-hmm. just, like, there's one kind of, por- the cunning people are all, all are all evil, and that's it. The other thing that bothers me about it is the fact that on paper she's very much a Hufflepuff. Right. She's, you know, she's mm-hmm. loyal. She's hardworking. She has a brand of justice. It's not the right brand of justice, but it's her brand of justice, mm-hmm. and she believes in that, and she'll back that up till the day she dies. And the thing with it is that. I believe J.K. Rowling at one point said that no evil wizard, witches or witch, wizards have ever come out of Hufflepuff. And I can't believe that's true. Like, I, I don't no, like really that. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Maybe they're just better at getting away with it. Yeah. Possibly. I, I just, I, I've always seen her as a Hufflepuff and I've always wanted her to be a Hufflepuff. And I don't care what Sue Upton or any of those other people say about how Umbridge is not a Hufflepuff. She's a Hufflepuff. I will have order. 
<laughs> okay. I would like to see more Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw villains in the fandom and just in general. Mm-hmm. I think they're more interesting. Have you read Insurgere, which is I don't so. Voldemort in Hufflepuff? <laughs> no, I have not. I'll find you a link in a little bit and send it to you. It's I read creepy. one. There's there's the elusive fan fiction that I once read that I will never find again, I guess, where um, Tom Riddle never went dark and Dumbledore was the one who went evil mm-hmm. and he was in Ravenclaw. Yeah. And so Ravenclaw yeah. House was like the evil house and they, you know, thought intelligence overall and, and kind of the bad, the bad side to Ravenclaw, which was fascinating. Yeah. I like the bad side of Ravenclaw. They're sort of like mad scientists. It's great. They really are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Hufflepuff, it's, you know, when you lose your loyalty, where did, where does that go? Ravenclaw, it's, you know, facts for facts sake can sometimes lead down dangerous paths. And for Gryffindor, I, I believe it's, you know, look at Peter, look at, you know, serious to some extent, though he's not, he wasn't evil and toward any extent, but he made some serious mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I, this is not, this is not the right fic, but the, uh, summary for Insurgere is Hufflepuff is the house of leftovers, the losers, the forgotten. But, well, Tom Riddle thinks it's time to change that. And then there's this poem at the very beginning. It says, the art to being a Hufflepuff is this. Individuals who go against the best interests of the house are not welcome. A member of Hufflepuff is never alone, never without protection. If you are worthy of respect, you will have it. But first, you must prove yourself. If you then overstep yourself, the house will withdraw its support and bury you. If you cut a Hufflepuff out from the herd and let him hold the banner for his house, he will shine. Hmm. I like that. So there you this go. This is very interesting. I'll read this later after the podcast, probably. Yeah, there's a link in the chat for you guys if you want to read it. Yeah. So Neville, he's finished reading his letter from Spout. From Spout. Wow. From, <laughs> from Professor Sprout. And he's kind of rolled his eyes because he, he's known deep down inside what his hesitation has been. But he hasn't wanted, he hasn't wanted to voice it to himself. And he's a little bit worried about what Grant's gonna say if he doesn't join the oars. But he kind of thinks about it and he knows she's seen him hesitate and he's, she's not said anything. So maybe she won't care so much. And then something clicks in his brain and he's like, wait a minute. That was kind of a veiled message that Pomona just sent me. And before he can change his mind, he operates to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Well, to Hogsmeade at yeah. least. And yeah. He heads you, up can't oper- you can't operate <laughs> in or out of, of Hogwarts. Hogwarts. I know, but he, I was thinking he just I operated know. outside the gate, but he actually did go to Hogsmeade and then walk up to the school. Yeah. So. And on the walk, he, he sees Hagrid and Hagrid, you know, talking about how great it will be into, to be in aura sort of leaves him sort of worried. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he he's a brave man, but I don't think being an aura is for him. Right. And so Neville? He, or Hagrid? Neville. Neville. No, Neville. Neville. Right. I, I, I don't right. think Hagrid would be a good aura either. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an awesome no. 
You can see it with this little pink umbrella. Stop! Uh, I command you. And you shoot. Well, I'm thinking more of like, like if Tom Riddle never tried to expel Hagrid, like what would have happened? Like just like some kind of PI, like Hagrid. PI. Not given an aura. He he does it by himself. He doesn't play by the rules. Yeah, yeah. Like this. As like a Dirty Harry-esque cop. That'd be great. <laughs> I would love to see that. Go ahead, make me day. This is pink and bro, like, now, I know what you're thinking. Did I shoot off five spells or six? So I gotta ask you, you feeling lucky, fuck? <laughs> That'd be fantastic, yes. Or, or, or even better, you know. Oh no, there's a missing child. Hang on. I'll get Fluffy. He'll help us find him. <laughs> and here he is with three leashes in his hand, you know, attached to each of the necks and being drug along by this dog trying to find the missing child. And, you know, <laughs> he has to keep him from eating the child once they find him. Oh, that's, that's wrong. Lovely. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> plot bunnies. Here we go. Plot bunnies. Anybody need a plot bunny? Plot bunnies for sale. I don't need more. I have, like, you don't. I'm only a hundred thousand words in. Okay, no, none for you. None for me. None for you. You're like you're like you're like the plot bunny Nazi. None for you. Nothing for you. <laughs> yes. Back on course. Okay. Hagrid is not a dirty cop. Anyway. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> so, going to the greenhouses to meet up with. Um, Professor Sprout, and he sees the venom, venomous tentacula, toothy, mm-hmm. terrible it name. Wasn't it tentacula, not tentacular. Tentacula, tentacular. Well, it, it hasn't. It, it ends in large, at, but I don't know exactly. I'm how looking you say this it. up. I think I'm adding an extra T when no, there's none. There's an there's an extra R in the thick. Clearly, this person knows Ryan. Venomous tentacular. <laughs> Okay. It, it's okay. No, it's so it's, it's supposed to be the ven- the the venomous tentacula. Okay. okay. Well, no, I like, I think that it, it these people are from New, New England or from Mass. It's it, it's okay. We just add our yeah. R's. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So poor Toothy has been ill. He's turning poor blue, Toothy. and yeah. he's he's lost his teeth, and he's just. He's just a sad specimen. I feel so sad. But I absolutely love that he is in this fic. And so Neville has been kind of treating him because he's been sick. This uh, mystery illness that nobody knows what has caused him to turn blue and lose any disposition to attack anyone or anything. But he's nursed him back to health. And he goes in and, you know, and I can just see him. He, he here's his plant. And it's just kind of sitting in his pot. And he goes in and he pats it on the top of its little leaf. He's like, hey, Toothy, how's it going? How you feeling? A little less blue today. And I'm slightly greener. He's greener. Yeah. So he's great. And even though he bites him, Neville knows it's okay because he doesn't have any venom anymore. It's okay. Yeah. And Pomona sneaks up behind him and says, I would have told you, but I wanted you to see for yourself. And he wants to know if it was just overnight. 
that the change happened. And she said, yeah, I thought it was changing last night when I came down, but this morning I could tell he really was looking better. Yeah. So. And so she starts kind of prying. Is Toothy the only reason you're here? He says, no, I, uh, I wanted to talk to you. And he, he's trying to figure out what to do. And she, yeah, she's kind of gives him the question. Do you really want to be an or, or do you want to come and work with me? And he's like, I want to work in the greenhouses. I'll just be your assistant. And she says, no, you're going to be my replacement. Yeah. And that, kind I of- like that it's, it's not him that thinks of, up the idea of being a teacher. And I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he, I, he's still in his heart. I mean, we know the hero that he is, but he's still in his heart. Kind of this kid that's like, Oh, I can't do that. And everybody yeah. else believes yeah. in him, but he doesn't necessarily believe in himself. And so he's kind of gobsmacked about this. And I love it. Mm-hmm. I, and I love that, that she's like, okay, you're going to start taking over classes and you're going to be teaching and just go up and talk to McGonagall. And he's like, yeah. but, and, uh, it, uh. <laughs> and he'll have his own first years to teach mm-hmm. like the year after. So, yeah. And she says, he's just gobsmacked. He is. He's totally gobsmacked. Teaching, but I'm not, I've never, poor Neville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Neville needs to shape up, man. He needs to stop doing, being a, uh, a rug that people can walk all over. Right. And yeah. part of the reason that he thinks he needs to be an aura is because that's what everybody expects. Yeah, that's what, what everybody yeah. expects. And she's like, no, you need to be what's good for you. Mm-hmm. And what's good for you is to be a teacher. And so he's got to go up and talk to Professor McGonagall and find out if this is going to work for her. Yeah. <laughs> and Dumbledore's portrait is still there. Apparently he still talks to um, Professor Sprout and stuff. Mm-hmm. She mentions his uh, offhand. He's still active, still getting his fingers in all the pies. Okay. And. Before he leaves, he kind of stumbles through a thank you and explains how flattered he is and just, you know, thank you. And she's, yeah. she's very matter of fact. You're welcome. Now go talk to McGonagall. Uh-huh. And so his feet take him. He's, he's kind of trying to figure out a way not to actually show up there, but his feet yeah. kind of take him to McGonagall's office, which I love. And, and he's yeah. half hoping that she would be extremely busy and unable to talk to him. Mm-hmm. But she's like, no, come on in. And he's sort of like, um, well, I want to talk to you, but, um, uh, well, I don't want you to be mad at me. And she's like, what? Just tell me. And he says, I think I just like to, you know, be here. And she offers it. She says, Pomona's offered you the chance to shadow her and replace her. And you can think of nothing you'd rather do than teach the students of Hogwarts herbology. And his mouth drops to the floor. And he's like, uh, yeah. And she says, dude, I know you. And I know this is what you want. So I think that's paraphrasing a bit. Just, I don't just think a bit. Minerva McGonagall has ever said, dude. Oh, I, know. I can totally see it. I can see her saying, that, that woman lived through the song. 70s, man. Pierre Totem. Locomotor! 
last night the letter was p and the the topic was leisure activity and a family member i won't mention <coughs> calvin which one <laughs> put down pot <laughs> leisure activities. well it is legal not in oregon <laughs> okay oh dear you gotta go up the state for that one yeah <laughs> and, then he, and then, he the, then he looks at me and he goes well, that's what I heard, anyhow. <laughs> I'm like, good save, kid, good save. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> so, okay. She didn't say dude. She no. <laughs> and said, I don't think you'll ever know how proud I am of you. And he's like, gobsmacked once again. Poor Neville, he's just getting gobsmacked all over the place. I'm sorry it's taking me this long to tell you to your face. I said it over and over again about the whole lot of you who fought and were strong and defied evil and are making the world a better place by helping rebuild it. But I've never said it to you personally, and for that I'm sorry. So I'm going to say it again. I'm so very proud of you, Neville. You above others have come the furthest and have grown the most. I love that. Yeah, I really do. And it's true. He has grown the most. Mm -hmm. I really like his... Um, character growth through the canon. Right. And I want... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. We knew from the very beginning that he had it in him. Cause he we did, from when he stood up to Hermione and Harry and was like, hey, don't lose us any more points. Trevor! Shh! Go, you shouldn't be here. Neither should you. You're sneaking out again, aren't you? Now, Neville, listen. We would... No! We would... I won't let you. You'll get Gryffindor into trouble again. I, I, I'll fight you. Right. Well, from from his first words, I'm worth 12 of you, Malfoy. Right. Yeah. He has and it in him. He totally is. And I wonder if, because, you know, Harry has always been from day one of Hogwarts. He's been, I'm going to, you know, throw caution to the wind and to hell with danger. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And it, it, it's in his character just to be how he, he epitomizes daring nerve. And Neville really does not epitomize daring nerve. He has to work up his courage and he has to be courageous despite of, in spite of his fears. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, it would be very interesting to see the teacher's perspectives of the final battle. Oh yeah. Because, you know, here's, on, on one side, here's a boy who had a horrible childhood and was always destined to save the wizarding world, saving the wizarding world. 
And on the other hand, here's a child who had a very normal childhood and was expected of great things but never really accomplished them, doing great things in spite of everyone else laughing him down and saying, you're worth nothing. And, you know, who's the more heroic person? Who's the braver person? Right. Yeah. Yay, devil! Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just love him. Yay! We all love Neville. We do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So he he asks her, "You're not disappointed in me for having second thoughts about joining the Auras?" And she says, "It's enough. They asked you to do it." Yeah, it proves that you're worth it. And he says, "But I'm I'm letting them down." And she says, "What about you? You know, what are your dreams that you had before the war? What about?" You talking to me about herbology and everything before the war, you've given up so much of yourself to rebuild and to do all these things. Now it's time for you, you know? Yeah. And this next part, it, you just think about how far McGonagall has come because yeah. she's seen countless students die mm-hmm. over two wars. And, you know, you think about what what has she given up? And she's kind of hoping that the next generation, she can save their dreams a little bit um, by encouraging them. And she does say the war, it is over. Like, Mm -hmm. you can follow what you want to do now. It's like she's giving him permission to be happy. Yeah. Just because... We've had this war and you're helping rebuild it and do all the stuff. Doesn't mean that your dreams are any less valid than they were before. These are your dreams and you're allowed to have them. Which is psychologically that actually is a fairly frequent trend. Um, when something like this that's so traumatic happens, people almost need permission to be happy again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, you know, he's like, but to come back as staff, that's going to be strange. And they said, she says, we'll greet you with open arms. And then he has a thought, well, what about a Hufflepuff house? Who's going to be head of Hufflepuff house? I can't be head of Hufflepuff house. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? No. She's like, don't worry. We've got lots of good teachers and some of them are Hufflepuffs and it's cool. We'll find somebody. Yeah. Cause we're banned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, now I have to tell grandma, Gran. And Grand. She's, she's like, don't worry about Grand. You're going to find out that she knows you as well as I do. And she knows what you want and what you love. And I have a feeling she's going to surprise you. I did feel it was weird to have him say my grandmother so formally. Like, mm-hmm. this woman raised him. Why doesn't he call her Grand? I think because he's worried about what she's going to say. So if it was yeah. something that she, he knew she was going to be okay with, he'd call her Grand. But because mm-hmm. he's worried about it, he's calling her grandmother. My grandmother. Like mm-hmm. Jen, when we called her mom, it's like, hello, mother. This is Jennifer. Wait, what? I heard, I heard, it's kind of like Jen when we call her mom. It's just like, when do we call Jen mom? Like, no. yeah, <laughs> I don't remember ever doing that. <laughs> we called her mom on the podcast and she's like, hello, mother. It's Jennifer. Yeah. And I'm like, what happened to mom and Jen? <laughs> you know, we all call her Jen. <laughs> what? Yeah. So it's just, it's just formal. So, and I, I, I call my I dad, daddy that, so that I get things. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Everybody and thinks you're nice. She starts to say, well, Longbottom, and then she smiles and says, Neville, you yeah. have some people to talk to, and I have to get some first-year more muggle-born liaison appointments made, so let's just kind of go our separate ways. And yeah. then he realizes that he's got to go talk to Gran, and then he has to become a teacher. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So. Yeah, and that's chapter one. It is chapter one. And why can't I figure out how to move to chapter two? It's at the top. Apparently it is. It's not letting me do it from here. I think um, the plan that Neville makes for his first lesson ever with the first years is really interesting. He just sort of thinks it up on the fly. Mm-hmm. Well, I and, love, and I'm not there yet because I cannot get to... Why can't I find the next page? Well, now I've lost it completely. Hold on. <laughs> I haven't had that much mics. Why is this? Uh, uh, impo- oh, wait. I got it. Maybe. Come on. It's like the computer at work today. So I said, I figured out why the computers are chained to the desk. And she said, why? And I said, so I don't throw it out the window. <laughs> and she said, yeah. what? And I'm like, it, the mouse won't work. You try the pad and it's jerky. You click on something and it spins. One of the teachers typed this really long anecdotal and it lost it. It was just like, uh. Did you try restarting it? Several times. All right. Uh, damn it, I need to not take my work home with me. Don't take your work home. <laughs> We're going to start as we mean to go on. And what I love about this is that he's having meltdowns. Yeah. He's yeah. like, he's, he's re- a nervous wreck. He's rewritten his lesson plans three <laughs> different times. Hannah's had to take away the quill and parchment because he keeps trying to write letters of resignation. <laughs> you know, she's talked him around. Finally, she casts a silencio on him when she runs out of patience. <laughs> and, you know, and he's like, it considering she's yeah, she's a Hufflepuff after all. She's really patient. Maybe I'm <laughs> overreacting, thinks Devil. She's like, yeah, Possibly. I'm going to you. Right upside the head. Come here. So he's... He's arrived at school with his battered old trowel and a brand new set of garden tools, which was a gift from his grand. He goes into greenhouse, and here he is. He's at the table, and he's seeing the people get sorted, and he's just like, wow, I'm here. Yep. Wow. Neville has arrived. He has. And he goes down, and I like that he's, he's not living at the school. He's commuting, which you don't think of a lot at Hogwarts, but it's, it's kind of a cool thing. Well, with operation, I mean, my commute's 40 minutes each way. I know. His is, what, a five-minute walk up from Hogsmeade? It's much easier, yeah. Well, yeah, and if you have family as well, I don't think you'd want to live at the school Mm -hmm. with kids. Hmm, Do I want to live with 11-year-olds? No. No, no, (laughs) not even a little bit. I really don't. I see them two hours a week, and that's enough. Yep. (laughs) So he's gone down to the greenhouse. He's all ready for his first class, which is Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. And all of a sudden, he has an idea. Yep. And he pulls out a parchment, and he he jots down this real quick note. Dear first years, very sorry, we'll be a few minutes late. Come in, have a look around. Do not touch anything, Professor Longbottom. Uh And he runs in, and he picks up Toothy, and he sits him down in the main door and he disillusions himself and he waits 
And I love this. This is such a great idea. I just think it's so fun. And so they kind yeah. of. This was smart. It was sure like, a little bit of. Sorry, go on. Can't go. This is a little bit of Neville's. Who's <laughs> <laughs> a little hag? <laughs> We do have a bit of a lag, apparently. Okay, Kat, go first, and then Jenny. All right, so I think yeah. part of this is I've lost my train of thought. I'm done. Okay, Jenny, go. Well, I was just going to say it kind of shows which students are curious and interested and know things, and also which students can follow very simple orders. Oh, yeah. Which is useful for when you're dealing with dangerous plants, I guess, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, it's a completely inspired idea. I love it. Yeah, I think it's his aura side, like, shining through just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, he did go through the training. Just because he didn't take the job does not mean that he doesn't have those skill sets. Mm-hmm. So that's a good point. Yeah. So they kind of queue up in front of the door, and once there's about ten of them, a brave Hufflepuff opens the door and they go in. And, and the Hufflepuffs know some of the plants because, of course, they have these plants in their common room. So they're kind of looking around and seeing the different plants. And there's a, a Ravenclaw that's drawn to Toothy, a couple of them. And he leans forward and he reaches out to touch. And somebody says, uh, I wouldn't do that if I were you. It might attack. <laughs> oh, please. And I can just imagine the Ravenclaw is like a muggle-born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Could be, yeah. Because it's one of those situations of, like, when you're from the world, you know that when you're in a strange room, you just don't touch it. Yeah. doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. You don't touch it unless you know what it is because it could be deadly. Right. Yeah. And most of the, the kids that are from a wizarding household will know that. And I love this. The, the Hufflepuff starts to argue, but the Ravenclaw boys turned around. And Neville could have sworn he saw a look of mischief on the Hufflepuff's face. You just know the Hufflepuff's like, dude... You see, I'm I'm in the dude thing today. Dudes. And dude. Dude. You know, you're you're gonna you're asking for it here. Yeah. It's your own fault. I Have t- fun. I took I took that as what like because Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff are often put in classes together. Mm-hmm. So I took that as this kid has been bugging me all week and this kid doesn't know what he's talking about. And I'm just going to completely screw him over. Maybe. Yeah. There's a teacher in the room. It's not like he'll die. I'm just going to screw but him over. But there's not a teacher in the room. Well, at least they don't know there's a teacher in the room yet. Cause That's true. Neville's yeah. dissolution. That, or, or there, you know, it's, it's not like it's, it'll be hard to go get a teacher or Hagrid. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this boy who has to learn this great lesson, and I just love these lessons, you know? I teach these to my preschoolers all the time. Natural consequences. If you poke the plant, it might bite you. <laughs> and I learned that yesterday because we have uh, two ropes strung across our driveway to keep the alpacas in because we're letting them out in the orchard to graze. And I reached down yeah. to unhook one of the ropes so I could drive my car out and got my hand tangled in blackberry vines. And this nice. I have this great swelling on my finger and I had a, a vine a, or a thorn in my finger this morning. Ow, ow, and, ow. You know, I didn't know it until I'd squeezed it several times and finally I had to chew it out. That worked. That got rid of it finally. But I Farmer thought, Sue and oh dear God. 
<laughs> I put homemade salve on it twice. <laughs> I cleaned it. I just, I'm, I'm concentrating on the word chew it out. Hey. Yeah, I know that it sort of just gets to you. <laughs> it was driving me nuts. And I couldn't feel it with my fingers, but I could feel it with my tongue, so I was able to get it out. It worked. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm disturbed. I'm very disturbed. See, this is one of those things of like city people versus country people. Like that's what you go to the doctor for. Oh, and the doctor yeah. will tweet. You will tweet it. They will tweet it out for you. Oh, the doctor wouldn't have been able to see it either. You go to the doctor for splinters and thorns in your fingers. <sighs> for thorns, if they're really in there. It's just a no. My mom like. We have to get them out ourselves here as well. I'm not really in the country country. Oh, uh, sort of. Oh, well, we have a huge backyard, I guess. We do have chickens. Um, you do have chickens. They're very pretty. You have chickens. I do have chickens. It, see, it's a chicken. You're a farmer. The you poor, have chickens. The poor girls are roaming at the oh moment. Oh, my God. I'm surrounded by farmers. <laughs> yeah. And if I thought about it, well, I could have put honey on it, and that would have worked too, but. Wait, wait, wait. Well, what do we do? We use rewind. This is like what's up? This is like the 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 nicotine and ammonia thing. <laughs> like, what's going on? Honey draws. No, no, no. Oh, what we do is we get like um a bit of soap and you get sugar, mm-hmm. and then you put the soap and the sugar together, and then you put it on your finger, and then you wrap it around with toilet paper, and it comes what? out overnight. Okay. It works. It draws. The, well, like, the sweet draws. Honey would work yeah. even better. No, it's not, it's not, it's not sugar. It's salt, sorry. Cause the salt, it like takes the moisture out of your mm-hmm. finger and then like the, the soap is like greasy enough. So it like draws it all out and it works. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny, you're, you're in the country. If you know stuff like that, you're in the country. <laughs> I'm not in the country. I'm in Australia. <laughs> That's scarier to me. But, I don't know. Australia doesn't have the country. It's no, not. Have the well, bush. Yeah. yeah, we have the bush and the outback, I guess. But I mean, there's farms and stuff, but I wouldn't call it country. Country. That makes me think of like cows and little cute fences. I don't have any cute. I don't, well, no, I don't have a cute fence. We, we yeah, can build one no. with our. My my um grandfather on my mom's side was a farmer and then my mom went to university and met my dad and so we went out when I was a little girl and I went around there and, yeah. now, and now I raise chickens see it all comes around you've got that yeah. farm in you somewhere I am from Chicago I well, have no farm the chickens are roaming at the moment because um, I posted about it in the forums, but there was a huge storm here, and, like, the door of their cage flew off in the wind. So now they're just, I heard about we can't, like, we need to, like, rebuild it, mm-hmm. their little hutch. Yeah. Well, they like to roam anyhow, so it's probably cool. Thank you. So right. back this, to our fic. Yeah, this conversation is terrifying me. <laughs> when are you coming oh. for Leaky Cat? I am come well it's the twenty seventh I have lived on your I I stayed on your farm before, it didn't terrify me. It was actually really fun. The food there's really good. If anyone ever out there in listener land, without being too stalkery, if anyone has a chance to stay with Sue, the food is phenomenal and and Mama Duxfoot is like the nicest lady on the planet. Thank you. So I have a cat at my door. I can hear meows and scratching, but I'm trying to ignore him. 
<laughs> so Toothy's clamped his jaws around this poor kid and has wrapped his tendrils around his other wrist. And the kid's like, ah! And then Neville disappears and he's casually teaching the class. He's like, now, what should we use to get this plant off? And the kid's just screaming in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> struggling. Which is like... Toothy's in the Hufflepuff. Two of the yeah. hardest things, you know, to hear when you're in a panic. Stop. Yeah, struggling. totally. Yeah. Hey, Harry managed to do it. Yep. <laughs> Ron's not so much. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody know what I could do to get this plant to release? What's your name, kid? Reese? To release Reese? <laughs> and she says, vinegar, uh, professor. That's a yeah. venomous tentacular plant. <laughs> it's Ryan. I don't know what Ryan's I'm going I'm I'm to get him to say it so that I can put it in. The venomous, the venomous tentacular. Venomous tentacular. It's a venomous tentacular. Plant. Venomous tentacular. Tentacular? Law. I don't know. Um, they don't like it. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be tentacular. Yeah. But uh, there was apparently a couple typos with the, the, the um, dialogue. I, I'm an author. I know the parts of a story. Um, but uh, we're making fun of it because it's how Ryan speaks. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only yeah. Venomous tentacular. Yeah, and then the kid, as soon as he gets his hands free, he starts, like, sucking the bite marks, mm -hmm. which is uh, so dumb. I know. Okay, this is, when I, if I ever get, like, bitten by something, I'm calling Sue. I would call you, Jay, yeah. but I think the phone call to Australia I'm, would be I'm a, a little bit far away. <laughs> yeah, it's the long distance rates. They'll murder you. Yeah. Um, Sue, That's Sue, I said the basic. What do I do? Get here. <laughs> <laughs> well, well honey, yeah. I'm telling you. Honey, well, I guess magical. I would treat. I guess I would treat it like a snake bite if some poisonous plant got onto me, or maybe poison ivy. Well, I don't know. A venomous, oh. a venomous tentacular. I'm sorry, I have to put the R on it now. A, a venomous tentacula would be like a snake. I mean, it's going yeah. to be injecting it venom would. into you. So what are you going to do? You're going to wrap something tight around the appendage that has been affected. Yeah. So like, going like to slow to, down the yeah. circulation. Not stop it. And then you down. not stop it and don't move it too much. Mm-hmm. And you're going to maybe help. make, I mean, I don't know what kind of, well, they have teeth, so you're going to make slashes across the teeth and try to get it to bleed out. And you would suck on it. Possibly, yeah, totally. But I love the girl. Well, you don't want to, you don't want to ingest any right. of it. You don't want to swallow it. No. Even getting it in your mouth, if you have an ulcer in there, it would be just as bad. So it's not really ever a good idea to suck poison out. Mm-hmm. And I do love, love the girl. Um, Professor, should he be doing that? It is a venomous plant, after all. <laughs> and then the kid realizes the color drying from his face. Poor yeah. Reese. It's okay, Reese. He's no longer venomous. He hasn't been since he got sick. 
He's yeah. relatively harmless as long as you don't poke him. He's like, sorry, <laughs> Professor. It won't happen again. And Why didn't they apologize to Toothy? Really? Yeah. Poor Toothy. He probably didn't like being poked. He didn't like <laughs> I don't think many people, like, nobody likes being poked. No. Yeah. And I love Neville here. Take five points for being curious enough to look and explore. And he's like, yeah. But I'm going to have to take However, five However, you points. lose five points. <laughs> yep. For not listening for to what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he gives Clarissa the knowledgeable Hufflepuff points for knowing the name of the plants and two points for knowing how to protect against it and one point for checking about the venom and five points for trying to prevent Reese from getting chewed on in the first place. So now Hufflepuff's up by ten points and she's just preening. Yeah, she's just glowing with it all. Yeah. And But what a way. I mean, he totally nailed this for his first class. Yeah. He's got the it, it's a yeah. He's got them interested in his class. It's a good first impression. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like chemistry class back in the day when like for the first lesson they would do the fun stuff like making things turn different colors and you like different densities of liquid and setting things on fire. So stuff to get you engaged. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Setting things on fire is always a big part of chemistry class. Oh, it is. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> that was my favorite. Are you rabbit halfling home? Turn his water into room. Are you rabbit halfling home? What thing was trying to do to that glass of water? Turn it to rum? She managed to win tea yesterday. Before. Three cars. <laughs> we save that for Halloween. And we explored yeah. a pumpkin and set a uh, desk on fire and lots of fun things. No, no, no. Wrote our names on fire. Ooh, I found out the coolest thing about candles. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hopeful listeners, if you try this at home, please be safe. I wanted to do this so badly last night, but I was afraid to teach it to Galvin. Apparently, when you blow the candle out... And the tip is still glowing, and then you see the white smoke that's going up. That's mm-hmm. not smoke. It's melted wax. It's vaporized wax. Right. And as long as the tip of the wick is still glowing, then it's hot enough to vaporize the wax. So as this wax smoke meanders up, if you take a match and you light it at the top of wherever this wax is, it will shoot back down itself and light the wick. Yeah. Oh, that's that really true. Cool. I'm like, this is fun. I want to try it. But like I said, I was afraid. And, 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 and for, for the record, all of us on this podcast are A, of age, <laughs> and B, know about fire safety. These two, two uh, farmers and, and one person who has their totem ship and a bunch of other Boy Scout safety badges unofficially. Mm-hmm. But, but seriously, if you are under age, if you are young enough to think, hey, this is cool. I'm not going to tell my parents this. I'm going to do this. Tell your parents. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure it's okay and be very, very safe about it if you're doing it. Do it outside yeah. on concrete. Okay. Please do not burn down your houses. I do not want to be hearing stories about how Flanians burn their houses down doing things that they heard on the podcast. Right. No. I'm pretty sure that's how we could get sued. <laughs> 
I learned it we from brain stuff. So there. Hey, no, no, it's been yeah. it's been a stylish. We cannot sue Puffa. Oh, good. Ooh, yay! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're moving on to chapter three. Neville has decided that his first year, first class, is always going to start the way he just did it because mm-hmm. that really worked. And now, yeah. and go ahead. It's years later. And there are mini potters and also a little mini long bottom because uh, they forgot about the con- contraception <laughs> spell. <laughs> oh, no. I love this. They had married and a little quicker than they were expecting, Hannah had fallen pregnant. Um, fallen pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> I think there was Gotten a little more involved in that than falling, but okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Neville tripped. Oh no! So, mm. and, and I love him. He had fallen in love with Hannah, and for reasons that still baffled him, she had fallen in love with him. <laughs> yeah, that's very cute. It is cute. Very very. Cute. And they had a little bit of Hannah's homemade wine and forgot the concert contraception spell. <laughs> Whoops. And five weeks later, his wife was pale and pregnant. I don't really understand why it was so scary to be like, you're pregnant, but you're married. And that's usually what happens when you're married. Yeah. No, I don't know. But and they then, planned for well, it. Well, she, yeah, but it was also... It also says that he had, like, moments of intense panic about becoming a father. Mm-hmm. But he'd also had to calm down a very panicky Harry Potter for the exact same reason. He realized he might be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine Harry ringing Neville up. Neville, I'm going to be a dad. How am I going to do this? You'll be okay. I like that. <laughs> yeah. They can comfort each other. Yeah. So Finley has boarded his train for his first trip to... Hogwarts as a student because he'd been in the greenhouses before and he's yeah. got the little potters Albus and Lily are watching James off and off they go you know and I he he wants his son to have the Hogwarts experience but at the same time it's his son and at the same time he's Uncle Neville you know he is to Harry's kids so oh, yeah. he's supposed to be kind of watching it's, it's canon too. it's canon that he's Uncle Neville yeah yeah and so. they go into Gryffindor, and he's so excited. And they're excited, and I love that he doesn't put pressure on Finley. You know, you go into whichever house no. it is, but that's where they ended up. But he's still very, he's still very pleased that he ended up in Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And his first class this year is neat students, and he's got the second greatest amount since he became the herbology teacher. And he just, you know, it it gives him a warm feeling that. People are loving plants so much, and it's because he is such a good teacher. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's really nice. And of course, and I like no. that. Uh, I like that Neville's first herbology lesson has kind of like become the kind of like the starting hat, in that mm-hmm. no one tells the younger students what's going on. Right. Yeah, I like that. It's a new tradition for Hogwarts. Yeah, and it's like this great teaching moment, and everybody's just like you know. We've experienced it. We're going to let the next generation experience and the next generation mm-hmm. experience. And, and yeah, I just love it. Yeah. I, I, I like that they're creating new traditions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And almost always somebody harasses his pet plant and somebody else gets their house point tally off to a good start. And, yeah. <laughs> and this year there's a toll of Slytherin in the class with Finlay. And um, after reading Neville's note, he's like, well, you're Professor Longbottom's son. Where is he? And um, Neville's sort of just watching yeah, and seeing how his son's being treated. And, he, you know, you just know that this kid's going to get a smart remark back. How do I know? I'm his son, not his minder. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so, and, you know, they go in and, and the Slytherin gets ready to touch, or one of the ki- the Gryffindors starts to touch the plant. And, and Finley says, I wouldn't touch that. They don't like people. He's yeah. like, well, <laughs> what does it do? And Finley's like, I nice. <laughs> the Gryffindor is so excited. <laughs> That's so cool. It bites? (laughs) Yeah. Why on earth would your father leave a biting plant where it could attack one of us? And Neville's like, "Uh uh-oh, this is the first time it's not working. Yeah. Of course. Of course, it's the first time it doesn't work when his son's in the room. Of course. It's just how it has to happen. Right. And, of course, Finley's going to defend his father. Are you saying my father's not fit to teach her? And, you know, if he's leaving dangerous plants around, then maybe his position ought to be rethought. And, okay, now you've done it because now you've got James involved. Yeah. And yeah. he's just like, shut up. <laughs> you don't need to be I, a complete I, I, I can see, like, little echoes of Harry, Ron, and Malfoy mm-hmm. in, this, in this chapter. Just oh, yeah. because it seems like they've been in this position before where... Finley is kind of like Ron of like immediately stepping up and defending. And then James is more like Harry and like waiting until time is right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just, I hope that Finley and James are really good friends. That'd be kind of cool. I think they are. (laughs) So anyway, um, Finley decides to prove that, um, truthfully was harmless venom wise. Mm -hmm. So he goes over and he, pinches the plant at its root and it bites him really hard. Yep. And of course the Slytherin's like, how does this prove it's safe? And he's like, well, if he's not, I'll be dead in a minute. <laughs> it's like, pass out. <laughs> oh dear. And, and I love, <laughs> you know, I love that they treat Toothy like he is sentient. Toothly, like, yeah, off like thin, he's... or I'm getting out the vinegar. He understands. Yeah. He's a pet. Yeah. He's like having a dog. Or a cat. He is a pet. A cat. I know. I just he's love like it. And Toothy I don't, I don't, he's more like a cat because Toothy does what he wants. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> so, you know, I love this small Gryffindor. That venom is tentaculous. They're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, they're we're back with by that. Yeah, tentaculars. Mm-hmm. Tentaculars. Um, I, I, I like that Neville also ties in potions and like how much herbology is important to potions and says every potion ingredient you will ever make, make what you will ever need comes from here. Yeah. Plants are very important to your lifestyle and Lifestyle, what am I talking about? <laughs> Plants are very important to your way of life in the wizarding world. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything, like you said, everything that you make for potions, most of the healing stuff, you need these plants. These plants are going to be part of everything yeah. that happens. You know, it's going to touch you. So, yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. And I'm considering. Go ahead. Go on. Well, considering how bad Neville was at potions, I think it's really great that he acknowledges that the plants are a big part of making potions. Well, I feel like once Snape was um, no longer in the potions lab, I wonder if Neville would be a pretty good potions maker because it wasn't really that he was, like, all the evidence points that he'd be a fair one because he was good with the plants. So it was, you know, logically, he was was so... He was so terrified of snake. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does. But not anymore. He's grown over it. Mm-hmm. He stood up to Snape. He's in a his man year. now. He's a manly man. He's a he's a manly <laughs> man. <laughs> we need the Irish Spring commercial in here. Too strong. Then shower up with Irish Spring. Ah, the double deodorants. The very one to get a strong man fresh. Look, and these green and white stripes are two deodorants to get a man fresh and clean. With a five fresh set. That's why I use it too. Irish Spring. With two deodorants. It's a strong man fresh. (laughs) But I love that he said, you know. The potion that you make in, during this time is going to have a plant ingredient. If you're at the hospital wing and have to take a medicinal compound, it's going to have a plant ingredient in it. And if you mess up with your mom or your girlfriend or your wife, you're going to want to get out of trouble with something plant-related. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Life I've advice from to- Professor Nipple. I've been listening to uh, Old Puffa, and I just reached the episode where Jen and uh, Ryan are talking about medicinal things. Mm. <laughs> it's medicinal, medicinal. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Puffa. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Finley is able to step up to the Slytherin and even kind of send a couple bards back, and Neville realizes that his son does not have his confidence issues mm-hmm. and his son's going to be just fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the was, whole point. Yeah. And Neville looks at the Slytherin and he says, my note said, you know, or actually he said, what did the note say? And the Slytherin says that you'll be a few minutes late, come in, take a look around, but don't touch anything. And he says, okay, you get a point. You mm-hmm. passed my initiation test. You read the note, you came in and you didn't touch anything. The point of the note and the instructions is to see whether or not you will follow them. And you did that. Yeah. Mr. Gerald Tompkins. Mm-hmm. But you also enticed a student to get attacked. <clears throat> so <laughs> plants in this greenhouse are relatively safe. But later on, we're going to be in the other greenhouses and those plants aren't relatively safe. And you need to be paying attention and you need to be listening and following instructions or you might lose a limb or get attacked by something venomous or be eaten by a flycatcher, you know? These are magical plants. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a good speech. It is. He's clearly made something similar before. 
Like he's been doing this for a while now and he really knows what he's doing. I think he's really good in his role in this fic as a professor. Yeah. And I really like this part because the Slytherin apologizes to Professor Longbottom, but also to Finley. And Neville's slightly taken aback, but at the same time, he's like, okay, things are changing in our world. And this is a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I like that the Slytherin student knows when to apologize. Sometimes they can be a bit bullheaded. That makes me sad. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like we said earlier, not all Slytherins are bad. And this is, you know, this is showing that. And I like that she included that part. I like that the author. And and then afterwards, the Slytherin has a quick little laugh, Finlay and the others. So I think that maybe they end up friends. Mm -hmm. I like that idea. Maybe. I do too. Or at least not, you know, at least not enemies. Yeah. I'm checking. Yeah, they don't hate each other. Let's see if this says... No, I was looking to see a step fix if it said whether or not it was a woman. I'm guessing it is, but I'm not positive. So we're moving on to chapter four, A Rose and Her Thorns. And that title should tell you that we're talking about Rose Weasley. Yep. And And she's in Ravenclaw. mm -hmm. And something's bothering her. And he won't openly interfere unless they're in danger, but... They know that they can go to him with any problems or concerns. Yep. And she's not herself. She's not happy and jovial. Her homework's slipping. She's barely passing. (laughs) Yeah. And this is Hermione's daughter. Barely passing is not an option here. You know? Mm -hmm. And something has clearly upset her a lot. And it says that yeah. she joined Albus Potter and Scorpius Malfoy in Ravenclaw. So Albus and Scorpius are also in Ravenclaw, mm-hmm. which is nice. It's nice to see them in a house other than Gryffindor. It is. Yeah. And they've become the new trio. They're, you know, best buds. They stick together through thick and thin. They're rarely seen apart. And although... I'm sorry, but I don't, I don't see Albus Potter as a Ravenclaw. No, Albus Well, we don't know that much either. about. I mean, it's just, uh, if he was, if he was bound and determined to be in Ravenclaw, he wouldn't be worried about getting into Slytherin. That's true. So I just, I don't see it. And maybe it's the fact that I love long fic, but I just, I, my urge is to have, go back to the author and says, please support this, write more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, it's not so much the fact that it bothers me. It's the fact that, like, from what I've seen, that's not the case. So you have to sell me on it. But this is a short fix, so we're just going to have to move Yeah. Fine. <laughs> so there, you know, and she's got a support network, but apparently it's not working. Something's wrong. And she slipped into an unoccupied greenhouse, too steal some of his lavender leaves or lavender blossoms uh-huh. and yeah. basically and she does go ahead. she does that whenever she's feeling sort of down mm-hmm. and he knows that he does that she does that because she's done it ever since she got upset over a lost teddy bear which is a very cute image mm-hmm. yeah well and lavender is very calming you put it underneath it the pillow at night and it helps you sleep it's just it's a wonderful herb um mm-hmm. so I can totally understand it, and it it really fits in here. But 
it's his meter on showing how upset she is because Uh he's noticed that she's been sneaking in to get lavender more often than usual. So there's something wrong. And do I need to talk to your parents? And she's like, no, 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 please, professor. You can't. I'll do better. Oh, don't tell anybody. No. It's, and so they have this, this discussion that's actually really interesting about the pressures of being a Weasley, um, or a Potter and what that might mean. Um, and I think it's kind of interesting that Neville has the perspective that he does because in some ways, like he's selling his own name short because he doesn't include the long bottoms in that list. Mm-hmm. And from what we, from the little hints that the author had in previous chapters, I imagine that they had other kids besides Finley. And yeah, um, they, they really just she talks about the start of their family and didn't say like that was it. They just said there were. You assume that there's more. And I mean, Neville is, is this, you know, awesome person and he was the one who stayed behind and he's the guy who killed the giant snake and there's all this stuff that a lot of people kind of forget about, including him. And I think it's interesting that he has this perspective because in some ways, it, it it's almost like he's not helping with what he's saying because it's like, of course you lived up to the hype. And then that's just like, ah, eh, that's more pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I really like her mm. question to him. Is there anything Finley could do that would make you ashamed of him or disappointed? And Neville kind of grins as well. Every time he doesn't clean his room like his mom tells him to. And <laughs> yeah, that's just sort of it. a teasing thing. And it, yeah. And then he says, no. No, Finley could never disappoint me. And she wants to ask a question, but she's afraid. And he says, you know, you can ask me anything and you're not going to offend me. And she says, do you think he ever worried about disappointing you like you disappointed your grand? And he smiles and he tells her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And everybody with the name of Weasley has come to Hogwarts has had a reputation to live up to. Maybe not Bill so much. But I think I, I think Bill too because mm-hmm. you know before Bill was Arthur and his Arthur, brothers right yeah and there's been a lot of Weasleys you know and all of you you got there's a lot and now there's a lot of you guys there's Finley and James and you and Al and Scorpius and Hugo and Lily and Teddy and you all have Teddy's not a Weasley well neither yeah. is James or no but they're all yeah. sort of uh children of the war heroes mm. war heroes of okay. their age it's their brat pack you know mm. yeah and you have all these expectations put on you good and bad but you do mm-hmm. so yeah you have to live up to the hype and more because you're your own people and you've defeated the the hype because you are exactly who you're supposed to be you're you Right. You know? Yeah. And then Neville asks, you know, can you talk to Al or Scorpius? And her face changes. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big fan of the ship, but I kind of, I like it in mm. the sense of, God, like, think of Ron's face if that ever happens. <laughs> it would make for some for some very awkward family dinners, I'm sure. 
Oh, oh yeah. So awkward. <laughs> Depending on mm. which fan fiction you read. So <laughs> awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with that Draco Hermione fanfic out there. <laughs> oh, God. He's just like, let me help you. And she's like, you can't. You yeah. can't yeah. help me. And and he knows. He figures it out. I mean, her face uh-huh. gives it away. And she begs him, don't tell. You can't tell. I'm not even sure. And it's not even mutual. I'll get over it. And it reminds me of whatever the fic was. I can't even remember which one it was now. Where Jenny's like, you don't love my brother, do you? I'm sure there's a cure for that when she's talking yeah. to Hermione. <laughs> you know, she's the same thing. <laughs> I'm sure there's a cure. I don't really love him. I'll get over it. I'll make myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, they fought for, the, he, he says that they fought for freedom. And in some ways, like, I pictured Neville, like, his, like, think track is just like, oh, good gracious. Like, she fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of all the people. Um, in all the world, she has to fall in love with the son of Draco oh, Malfoy. Yep. And he gives her the worst threat he can, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to tell your parents, but if your work slips any further, then your mom's going to figure it out because your mom uh-huh. is smart. Your dad, he's not going to figure it out, but your mom, <laughs> she's going to know. She's smart. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just, I, I can imagine Ron's face when Rose tells him, and that's just the best image ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she says, last time I checked, my mother didn't fall in love with Draco Malfoy. Did someone say Draco Malfoy? Oh, she clearly doesn't in read some the she did, I did, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> You're serious. Okay. No, I mean, so Ron was completely horrible. Like, in, you, one could argue that Ron was worse to Hermione than Draco was in, the, in canon. I'm laughing Ron at Ron said horrible things to her. Wait, Kat, wait. What? I'm laughing at Jenny who said, obviously they're not reading the same fix that I'm reading. And I missed whatever you said because I was too busy la- laughing at Jenny. So say what you said again first. <laughs> I said, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways, Hermione did marry Draco or like the picture people have of Draco because if you look in canon line by line of what Draco says to Hermione versus what Ron says to Hermione, like, yes, Draco calls Hermione a mudblood, but Ron basically says like, who'd want to date you? Like, like, who says, he says, he goes on tirades about, you know, like, wait, Hermione, you're a girl. Like, like, there there, there are these horrible things that, that Ron has said to Hermione over the years. And she did forgive him and they did move on and they did fall in love. But I just think it's so funny that people, you know, all around are just like, oh, Hermione and Ron is yay, and Hermione and Draco is ew. And it's like, they're the same character. <laughs> uh-uh, one's got blonde hair and one has red. Come on. <laughs> they do have some similarities. Oh, my gosh, my tongue's not working properly. It's not enunciating words. It's just my take on it that, that, you know, it's kind of funny that she's all worried that she's fallen in love with the wrong, quote unquote, wrong boy. But I mean, 
Mm. Not much. I, I, I can't imagine her being best for, you know, someone like Rose Weasley being best friends with someone who slags on her all the time. I think that, like, Ron and Hermione would teach her better than that after what they went yeah. through. And I love Definitely. that at the end of this, after she leaves, Neville goes in and gets the bottle of fire risky that he <laughs> deserves for the older students that have been attacked by plants. Yeah. And he sits down to have a swig because today is the day that he had never prepared himself for. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a ball out of left field. Yeah. Mm, they should have seen it coming. <laughs> they should have seen it coming. <laughs> And then we have our last chapter, A New Beginning. Yep. Is it our last chapter? I believe yep. it is. It's been 30 years since the final battle. Mm-hmm. And they're having the ceremony, you know, the one that we always have. And it's always at Hogwarts. And, you know, he remembers every time as vividly as he did the first one, the first anniversary. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, at least it's become this meeting of old friends rather than Everybody getting together and trying to figure out what to do, you know? Oh my goodness, we've defeated the Dark Lord. Now what do we do? Bill Sims, you've just won the Super Bowl. What are you doing next? I'm going to go to Disney World. Nobody gets to go to Disneyland, so... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Maybe they'll just go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. So he's all happy, and here comes Professor McGonagall, and she's walking slowly. And I'm sorry, but I've hung around with Ryan too long. So with the walker and the she's got the walker and the tennis ball. Well, I'm sorry, she's hunched over. <laughs> she's not looking too crash hot anymore. Yeah, yeah. Poor Minnie. It's poor like, Minnie. Yeah. If you, if you watch Downton Abbey, and I'm going to try to do this without spoilers, it's, uh, how Violet looked when she walked in after what happened a couple episodes again, that there was a death. All right, never mind. I don't even watch Downton Abbey. She, she looks like this. This is how she looks. I just totally see it. But she's come to tell him thank you for all of his hard work. And yeah. he calls her Minerva, which I love. They're now on first name basis. They are. Great. And she's come to say that she'll be retiring from Hogwarts at the end of the year. Yeah. And she's had enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Pope is resigning and so is Minerva. It, I don't know. It's just a bad thing Connection path. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and she's come to see if he'll be the head of house for Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, I can't. I don't live here. You know, you have to have somebody that lives on the premises. And she's like, ah, you're a fluke all away. Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just not practical. And she's like, yeah, arrangements can be made. Mm-hmm. You and Hannah are welcome to be here, but you don't have to be here. We can, yeah. we can work it out. Yeah. And, and eventually she gets him to accept. Yeah. Yeah. And I love this. Can I give you my answer now? And she's like, if you're accepting, yes. If not, then no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he accepts. And he's yeah. very proud to do so. Doesn't really have a choice. <laughs> yeah. And um, the ceremony is going to start. Yeah. 
And here comes Hannah and Finley and Harry and Jenny and Ron and Hermione and the rest of the Weasleys. And there's all these people to fuss over and love and surround with love. And the ending is a little too fluffy for me. Is it? So I'm going to not read it. Okay. And just end with with them crowding each other and, you know, loving the next generation. Yeah. He, you know, it's he's content. His yeah. world is a better place. He is good and happy and fluffy. Yep. Werewolves. No, we need angst, damn it. Fought side by side with half elves. I love it. He thanked fate he had ended up here when things could have been so different. And he thanked each one of the students for giving him the most interesting career he could ever have wished for. And it's perfect. I love that he, I love the snapshot of him. Because we know that he went on to become the herbology teacher. And I just like the snapshot of him. I love the way that he started his first class and the way that he became this, it became this tradition and stuff. Uh, yeah, I just really liked this fic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a Hufflepuff. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? I liked it too until the, the last paragraph and then I'm just like, I think I need an angstier fic. Oh, you. Just saying. Yeah. I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Sue and I are like at the opposite ends of the spectrum as far as Hufflepuff goes. She is the hugs and, and all good happy feelings. Let's get through the daisies and smile and hold hands. And I am the, let's really buckle down and work hard and be loyal to the people who deserve our loyalty and give hell to the people who don't. <laughs> and that's the way I feel about it. And I just love it. Poor me. I'm a little Slytherin in the corner. Oh, oh Lord. Lord. <laughs> My beta's a Slytherin. Apparently, I know how to talk like them at this point. I out-Slytherined yeah. him the other day. It was quite the interesting adventure. I bet. Oh, well done. Yes. I am awesome. I out-Slytherin death roll. <laughs> well, Slytherin actual. I out-Slytherin Slytherin actual. All right. I'm scared now. <laughs> Uh, what is that, Bob? No, never again. <laughs> That's okay. I broke scary. him, so it's it's what it's. I mean, it's it's really it was a throwaway. Um, you know what would um? There's a there's a. I'm trying to figure out how to say this without spoiling anything. In my fic, there is a scene where a stranger gets Harry to brew a potion, and Deathrow goes. Well, you know, he could just sell the potions at a substandard price because, you know, they're not up to par of what a potion brewer would brew. And I, and I went, oh, no, he would sell them at a higher price because they were brewed by Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. So apparently I'm wicked smart. You're wicked, wicked smart. You're wicked smart, all right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I'm uh, squeezing pus out of my finger. He did not need to know that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, poor cat. We've horrified her. We have. I'm going to have to come up with something really fun when she comes to visit next time. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm staying in a hotel. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're staying in Duxfoot Hotel. Yes, mm-hmm. I am. And if I run out of beds, we have tents. It's okay. We're good. You do. <laughs> Though, I, I have to say, I unfortunately cannot stay in a tent. Oh, you're no fun. My back would die, I think. 
Yeah, so keep I, 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 I miss sleeping in tent, actually. <laughs> if you can believe it. We will be fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. It'll be fun. I'll kick my mother out. Oh, that's so sad. Yay. <laughs> Question mark at the end. <laughs> I'm so, I, I have to say, I'm so excited for Leaky. I asked off for work today, so, you know, cross your fingers that all things go through correctly. Okay. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm just going to get the basic thing because I don't really want to go to too many programs, but I think yeah, that's it would be really, it would be really fun if we went to, if we put together a panel or a podcast or something and did a little informal, uh, like this is how we podcast and this is what actually happens and this is how you get started on your podcast and this is when you know that you've got off the rails usually this is, to run the time that somebody This is how to- we go off topic. <laughs> this is yeah. how we talk about Mpreg. Uh-huh. We're going to close this yeah. fic out so we can uh, not scare off the poor author of this fic. Okay. <laughs> Does anybody fine. else want to talk about the fic? Oh, I was going to talk about Empreg, but, you know. Well, you can. No. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with this fix, though. <laughs> How do you know? Nothing. Hey, hey, hey. What, I, what, I what was, the author I, did not tell us was that the first baby was Neville's. Yeah. <laughs> what, what the author didn't tell us that, in actuality, Rose's heart got broken because Scorpius and Albus turned out to love each other. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh my is it, god! Isn't that an Antasha story? I'm sure that's in that series. <laughs> uh, isn't it, it is. And Albus that are together in that series. I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. There you go. I okay. was totally thinking that while we were reading. So, this is, uh, Jenny, this is the thing about me. I've been in fandom since 2001, so I'm oh, exhausted. Wow. I've exhausted pretty much everything that's interesting that most people find in canon. So I'm just like, let's go off the rails and go find the yeah. Harry Scorpius. And, ooh, that looks interesting. <laughs> this is how you get to Draco and Love. And this is how you get to yeah. Draco and Love. Draco and Love. Draco and Love. I've been in Phantom for a while. Not as long as you. Like, um, I think I joined just after book five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, book five isn't as good as I wanted it to be. And then I got really into fan fiction. And I think I, uh, the first fic I got truly into was Death Roll's fic. And then I joined the podcast because his was covered. Yeah. Yay. Uh-huh. Let's see. How did I get into fandom? Wait, 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 wait. wait. Say goodnight. Yeah. Oh, what right. Do that. <laughs> okay. I love Bye. this. And now a few words from the author. Hi guys, it's um, Step here. I just wanted to drop a quick note to say thank you for reviewing my fic. A um, little nerve-wracking, but it was cool to uh, hear other opinions of it. Um, it was a fic that I wrote for a friend of mine, um, also a, a fellow HP writer called um, Realm Row 6, and her brief was to have me interact um, Neville with the younger... Next Generation, sorry. But it just ended up being an appreciation of Neville fake, which um, I actually really enjoyed doing. So I hope you all enjoyed it, and thank you again. Cheers. Bye. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to us.
keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.